This podcast does not provide medical advice. Please listen to the complete disclosure at the end of the recording. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyone Dies, the podcast where we talk about serious illness, dying, death, and bereavement. I'm Marianne Matzo, a nurse practitioner, and I'm going to use my 43 years of nursing experience to help you understand what happens at the end of life. And I'm Charlie Navarrete, an actor in New York City, and here to ask the questions that you may have while listening to our podcast. We are both here because we feel that the more you know, the better prepared you are to make difficult decisions when you can speak for yourself. So please relax, get yourself something nourishing to eat and drink, and if you're in the mood, you could just have a piece of cake or the whole cake. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. it's okay. And thank you for spending the next hour with Charlie and me. In the first half, we have our recipe of the week, which is the recipe for crack crackers. Just like crack cocaine, only different (laughs) from Charlie. And in the second half, we have our continuing um, series about what to do with cremation ash. (laughs) It's not cremation ass, it's cremation ash, or otherwise known as cremains. And in our third half, Charlie is presenting a poem. So, Charles, Mm, crack, Uh crack crackers? Well, you, you you know what it's like? You have a funeral to attend and you want to take something to comfort the family. Well, in addition to that case of beer you already have in the trunk of your car, how about something salty to go with it? That would be perfect. Yes. So with that in mind, mm. these crispy, crunchy, herby, cheesy crackers are so easy to make and very, very hard to stop eating You'll understand why they're called crack crackers after the first bite. The recipe is simply store-bought cheddar cheese crackers, you know, such as Cheez-Its, dressed up, or if you wish to be risque, undressed, with ranch seasoning mix and a few other spice rack staples. Dried dill and garlic powder, make sure these aren't your average seasoned crackers. The crackers are baked in the oven until lightly toasted and crisp. The recipe, which serves 24 people, comes together in five minutes in a single bowl. Just be sure to make an extra batch or two because they disappear faster than you think. Yeah, along with that case of beer you got, huh? There you are. It's an afternoon. Sure, it's an afternoon at a a funeral, but it's an afternoon. So please go to our web. I'm sorry? Nice. It sounds like a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Please go to our webpage for the recipe and additional resources for this program. We hope you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and remember to rate and review this podcast. As a licensed nonprofit organization, we are dependent on the kindness of our beloved listeners and always appreciate your donations, which are tax-deductible. Please go to our webpage to donate in support of our work at www.everyonedies.org. That's every, the number one, dies.org. Marianne? Thanks, Charles. So we've been talking for weeks and weeks now Mm -hmm. about what to do or the options that you have for what to do with your body or anybody else's body after they've died. And, um, I, I honestly think this will be our last <laughs> discussion <laughs> on this particular topic be, 
Because, you know, who knew, really, that there were so many options and so many ways of doing things? Well, so we've talked about cremation by fire and cremation by water. And then afterwards, you have what's left are called cremains. Okay. It's the, yep. the ash, that ground up mm-hmm. skeleton is called cremains. So the question then becomes, what do you do with those? I, I've told you before, Charlie, my, when my sister died and was cremated, my brother-in-law gave me a little vial of right, her right. cremains. And I have them in my office, and I it's been, geez, I don't know, 20, 20, 22 years or yeah, something yeah, yeah, since yeah, she's yeah. died. And um, they're still sitting there. I haven't really, I don't know, done anything with them. So... You know, what are the options? What could you do with them? And that is the topic of today's show. So the first thing in terms, you can scatter them, right? Mm-hmm, so right. There, there can be ceremonies with, you go with your family or friends or whatever, and you can scatter them. And this can go quite nicely or it can go really wrong. So I'm going to give you some things to think about when you're doing this. So some aspects of scattering ashes Um, that you should be aware of is that the cremains are crushed bone from what's left of the actual cremation. It is not uniform in size. Some pieces of cremains are light as dust, and they're going to carry far on the wind, and some are coarse and will immediately fall to the ground. So some things to keep in mind. First, cast with the wind so the ash doesn't blow back into your face. Um, the cremains are quite sharp. Mm. If it gets in the eyes, it can be a strong irritant. Ooh, all right. If you're scattering the cremains as a group, best to do this in a line perpendicular to the wind so that, again, you don't get blowback. Make sure nobody else is downwind of where you're scattering ash. So if people are playing frisbee or having a picnic you (laughs) don't want the cremains interfering with what they're doing and that wasn't funny Um, yes it was not funny no it wasn't funny um become be comfortable with some of the ash landing on your feet um quite a lot of it isn't going to go more than a few feet all right so ways or things that you can do with the ash in in terms of um, your scattering. You can do what's called trenching ash scattering. Trenching of cremation ash involves digging a shallow trench and placing the ashes in the trench, then covering with soil and ideally placing markers on top. Some people simply pour the cremains into the trench. Others use a biodegradable urn for the ashes. Um, trenching is the closest to traditional burial because the services and some people prefer it as a nice compromise with traditional burial. So that's trenching. You can also do raking ash scattering. Raking of ashes is much like it sounds. Uh, The cremation ashes are scattered on loose soil and then literally raked into the soil. It's exposed to the air and elements, and the cremation ashes break down much faster into the soil and can be quickly taken up by whatever is growing locally. Often ashes are raked into flower gardens or in the topsoil in forest or other natural locales. Now, you can also do water ash scattering. So things to remember about this. 
While some of the cremains will instantly sink, some, especially the lighter components, will float on or just below the surface for a while. Like with ash casting, you got to be aware of the wind. This can be complicated by the swirls of wind interacting with the irregular object of the ship that you're on. So get close to the water. Don't try to be fancy. Um, regarding the captain, be sure to pick someone experienced in helping families scatter ash. While most can help in making sure you're not in a turbulent part of the boat, others will be more mindful of the non-tangibles of ash scattering services, such as scattering in a quiet area of the ocean and not in the middle of a shipping lane or something like that, unless that's what your deceased wanted. Uh, considering getting a water-soluble urn if you don't want to worry about the blowback of the ashes. That way you can just drop the urn into the water and it will eventually um, kind of melt and decompose and then the ashes will spread that way. Oh, by the way, Charlie, Amazon does sell water-soluble urns um, just to maintain my theory that Amazon has everything. <laughs> this will keep all the cremate in a single place until the urn is broken down by the water. If you're scattering yourself, obey all local laws. Usually scattering into rivers and seashores isn't regulated, but you don't want to have that conversation with the hires authorities, even if you are right. So, <clears throat> so the next option would be air, airplane ash scattering. So what do you need to know about that? Mm. More than any other scattering technique that I've talked about so far, it's important to work with someone experienced with this service. Pilots tell horror stories of just trying to toss the ashes out the window, only to have it immediately blow back <laughs> into the cabin and then permanently work its way into the instrumentation. Mm. Ideally, the pilot or the plane you're taking um, there's special equipment to handle the safe and proper release of the ash. The other thing, if you're kind of a control freak that you need to be aware of, is you got to be comfortable with the ash falling in places you do not have control over, like on the road. You're up at 10,000 feet, moving at about 200 miles per hour. The ash is going to fall over several square miles, especially if it's windy. So who knows where your loved one is actually going to end up. Um, if you're videotaping the scattering, and that's an important thing to you, see if you can find a pilot with a video, you know, video equipment attached to the plane rather than you trying to capture it out of the cramped cockpit. That's a little tough. Now, if you have a lot of family members who want to participate in the ash scattering, this service might not be the best fit for you because you can only fit so many people in the plane. So those are, you know, those are the things, kind of the ones you probably have heard about before. But, you know me, let's talk about the things you may not have heard yes, about before. Yes, please do. So there's this company called Shotgun Shells. Oh, that makes shotgun shells. And the company's name is Holy Smoke. Okay. And they are out of Alabama. Now, Holy Smokes um, will take cremains from both people and pets and add it to rifle, shotgun, or pistol cartridges. About one pound of cremains will be enough for 250 shotgun shells or a single case. 
Now, it was started by two former law enforcement officers back in 2008, and they just hadn't... Uh, experienced the death of a friend and they were uh, talking. I assume they were drinking, but it, I don't know that for a fact. So if you guys weren't drinking, please, I apologize. But one of the friends said to the other, he said, you know, I've thought about this for some time and I want to be cremated. Then I want my ashes put in some, some turkey load shotgun shells and have someone that knows how to turkey hunt use those turkey loaded hot shotgun shells with my ashes to kill a turkey. That way, I will rest in peace knowing that the last thing that one more turkey will see is me screaming at him from about a thousand feet per second. I see. Yeah, you can see why, mm -hmm. I, why mm -hmm. I assumed they were drinking. Yeah. So the other guy who's talking to you said, well, yeah, I'd like that too. So they got together and they developed Holy Smoke. Holy Smoke realized that there was a need for individual's choice in how his or her life could be remembered or celebrated. What better way than with a celebration um, of, of life and a sport that they loved? They say their services are cost-effective memorial for your outdoors person, but they didn't have prices on their website, so I don't know prices, but we have a website. You can call them. But in their advertisements, this is a quote from their ad. It says, lastly, you can have the peace of mind that you can contribute to protect your family and home even after you're gone. Oh. Oh. All right. So the next is diamonds, and diamonds are forever. So there's carbon in our bones and in our hair. So you can use the cremains of a loved one to have a diamond made. The first phase of this process is called carbon purification. And during this phase, they isolate the carbon from all the other elements found in ashes or hair. While much of the elemental carbon burns off during cremation, there remains carbon in bones called carbonates. About 0.5 to 4% of, of cremains are made up of carbon, and it takes um, many weeks to purify and to extract it. The result is a carbon graphite powder, which is the starter material for a diamond. Then they have to grow the diamond. Now, diamond growth takes two to three months, and it's where machinery replicate the growing conditions under the earth, which means uh, 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit and 850,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. Over time, the carbon crystallizes on top of a diamond seed and grows into a raw diamond. After the raw diamond has been fully formed, they scan the diamond to identify the placement of inclusions in the diamond and to ensure the shape and size will fit targeting. And they want to fit the raw diamond in such a way that there are no visible inclusions. In their mind, it's quality over speed at this stage because they try to get the diamond to be perfect. So the last step takes about a month, which is having that diamond cut by a master diamond cutter. Now, Charlie, did you see the um, Netflix show Ozark? I have not, no. Oh, well, we kind of been watching that over the last couple of weeks. Anyway, there's a scene, though, where this guy um, falls in love with a stripper, and he asks her to marry him. And she says yes, and he gives her a diamond, and he says that's um, 
diamond was made out of my mother's cremation ashes, and oh. she will just be so happy to be on your hand for the rest of your life. And the stripper has this horrified look <laughs> on her face. So that was fun. So another thing you can do with your cremation ashes is the cremains is that they can go into an eternal reef. For those who prefer to nourish a more aquatic environment after death, there's the eternal reef option. Now, a Georgia-based eternal reef creates artificial reef material out of a mixture of concrete and human cremains. Um, these heavy concrete orbs are then placed in areas where reefs need restoration. So they attract fish and other organisms that turn the remains into an undersea habitat. Cremation isn't as green as natural burial during, due to the combustion process, but it's an opportunity not to just return to an aquatic environment, but to produce new life under the sea. The price to do this ranges from about $7,500 for the Marina Memorial Reef to about $3,000 for the Aquarius Eternal Reef Direct Memorial. So you can check those out. Now here's one that kind of sounded interesting to me. It's called balloon scattering. Have you ever heard of this? No. Balloons? No. Huh. No. Balloon scattering. So away we go. The Eternal Ascent Society adds cremation ashes to a five-foot biodegradable balloon. Wow. Which are then filled with helium. The balloons, and you get to pick the color, are sent off on their journey up to 30,000 feet. At that point, the balloon, or more appropriately, the rubber, yeah. will freeze and shatter, releasing the ashes oh. at great heights. Oh, that's cool. Naturally, okay. yeah, that's cool. naturally, exact place of the scattering is going to happen is going to be really variable. So you need to be comfortable with, again, uncertainty because who knows where they're going to exactly. end up. Exactly, yeah. Talk about, right. talk about dust in the wind. Okay. Yeah. So the last option I'm to share with you is called space burial. So if cryonics is too expensive, you can always get some of your ashes shot into space. Your cremated remains will be sent on a rocket that's already headed to the stars, a journey that's more symbolic than practical. Because of the high cost of space flight, only one to seven grams or like about 0 0.04 to 0 0.25 ounces of cremains are launched, hmm. which isn't very no, much. No, not at all. So according to Beyond Burials, a company that offers postmortem flights, that lets your cremains experience zero gravity before returning to Earth. Now, I don't know. I <laughs> How do cremains experience zero gravity? They're cremains. But, you know, can I nitpick? Um, but they have four plans, all of which come with a video of every moment of the space flight. And they even say in their advertisement that you and your family could watch it. And it's like, how can I and my family watch it? I'm the cremains. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, so for $1,500, you can purchase the Starlight Memorial. A bit of your remains is sent up in a rocket. The rocket opens, and the cremains spend about six minutes around the stars and eventually fall back to Earth. Second option is the Shooting Star Memorial, which launches a symbolic portions of cremated remains to space. 
When the rocket reaches its orbit trajectory, it opens and deploys the cremains, which are kept inside one of their burial, beyond burial spacecraft. Cost for this option is $2,500. Next is the Moon Memorial, where a symbolic portion of the cremains is launched to the moon, where it will stay for all of eternity. Only one person has done this, and there's usually only one launch per year. And the cost for that is about $7,500. Wasn't that uh, Gene, Last, Gene, I'm sorry to interrupt, wasn't that Gene Roddenberry, the, the guy who created Star Trek? Was he the one who went, he's, his remains went to the you know what? part of it? I, I didn't look that up. And you know, that might be Gene Roddenberry. Well, let's just one. say that it is. All right, fine. Yes. <laughs> Lastly, the Milky Way Memorial, which is a rocket to deep space. Now, the next rocket leaves in 2026, so please plan your death around that. (laughs) And the cost is about $7,500 for that. Now, you know, as I wrote this, I thought, it's a lot of money. And um, we're a nonprofit, Charles. Yes. So if, if people have money to burn and want a memorial you know we have a memorial page where you can put up um you know make your own tombstone and put it up on the memorial page or we can dedicate a show or every show for a year for seventy five hundred dollars so you know think think about more sustainable options yes that's all i'm saying that's all i gotta say about that oh yeah it's a good thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, seriously. Or, you know, do it while you're alive and then you can listen to the oh, show you and hear yes. your name said all the time. Almost as, almost as much as like White Castles and <gasps> hot dogs and stuff. White Castle. Yes. Yep. So, you have a poem for us for the third half? Yes, speaking of White Castles and Coney Island, there's a oneness to that. If you're from Detroit, you know what we're talking about. And this happens, this poem is called Oneness by the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. The moment I die, I will try to come back to you as quickly as possible. I promise it will not take long. Isn't it true I am already with you as I die each moment? I come back to you in every moment. Just look. Feel my presence. If you want to cry, please cry. And know that I will cry with you. The tears you shed will heal both of us. Your tears are mine. The earth I tread this morning transcends history. Spring and winter are both present in the moment. The young leaf and the dead leaf are really one. My feet touch deathlessness and my feet are yours. Walk with me now. Let us enter the dimension of oneness and see the cherry tree blossom in winter. Why should we talk about death? I don't need to die to be back with you. That is published in the book Call Me By My True Names. Again, by Thich Nhat Hanh, and it was published in 1993. Please stay tuned for the continuing saga of Everyone Dies, and thank you for listening.
like sand through an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. This is Charlie Navarrete, and from Socrates, death may be the greatest of all human blessings. And I'm Marianne Matzo, and we will see you next week. Remember that everyone dies, but first we live, and every day is a gift. Thank you. This podcast does not provide medical advice. All discussion on this podcast, such as treatments, dosages, outcomes, charts, patient profiles, advice, messages, and any other discussion are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your primary care practitioner or other qualified health providers with any questions that you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Everyone Dies does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, practitioners, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided in this podcast by persons appearing on this podcast at the invitation of Everyone Dies or by other members is solely at your own risk.